time to find out what the view from Victoria looks like with Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. And the one-word outlook is pretty flat and gloomy for next year. That's the verdict that the finance minister got yesterday from the Economic Forecasting Council, the experts that BC consults every year putting together the budget. How do you think the economy is going to grow? Basically, it's not. Huh. Two words, though, aren't they? Flat, flat yeah, and true. gloomy? Flat, flat is one word. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and I mean, this is a, I mean, we're hearing it from everywhere. The, the, we're going, the country's maybe headed for a recession next year. They're not saying recession, but they're basically saying flat. So a couple of numbers. This time last year, the Economic Forecasting Council predicted uh, two years of growth at almost 7%. Yesterday, they scaled that back to less than half, 3.3% over two years. And next year, 2023, flat. Uh, Four-tenths of 1% economic growth next year, which is, you know, it barely tips the scale. So it's not a recession, but it's not very encouraging. And uh, maybe the economy starting to recover slowly in 2024, but you got two years where I think the evidence is pretty strong, Jill, that uh, you know, that $5.5, $5.7 billion surplus that they just racked up here in B.C., that's as good as it gets for the next few years. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because looking at these numbers, uh, the, the flat and gloomy, it does seem very different from the cheering we were hearing on, on how great things were, uh, even though a lot of people were questioning, does that mean we're paying too many uh, taxes? But uh, the great uh, surplus that we were seeing, uh, very different from the tone of this. Yeah, and you know, the thing about the surplus is it, it really, two things happened. First of all, the the BC economy recovered very quickly from the bad pandemic year. It, it, the, the economy surged back here in 2021. It, it came back so fast that uh, a lot of the extra income taxes and corporate taxes that were paid when companies and individuals got around to filing their tax returns last year, that cash just started showing up this fall. That big surplus that we talked about recently, $5.7 billion, about half of that, more than half of that, was Rev- was income to the government, revenue to the government, tax revenue, from, from in the previous year. So all of that came in. The economy surged back. It's all great news. Uh, you know, Dr. Henry kept the economy open. Uh, the B.C. government put a lot of money back out there. So did the federal government to keep things going. That all paid off, but also that surge is over. We're now looking at the pressures of, well, everybody knows it, inflation, cost of living, interest rates, and all of that is expected to contribute to Well, a recession across the country, a near recession here in British Columbia, it looks like we might be lucky enough to avoid a full-blown recession, but it also means that the windfall is over. That big $5.7 billion that's hanging there in midair and everybody's got an idea how to spend it, well, 
the way the accounting rules work in British Columbia, if the government doesn't spend it before the fiscal year is over on March 31st, it goes to pay down the debt. So the big challenge for the EB government is, first of all, you know, what do you, what can you do to help people right now and to advance your priorities? But second of all, recognize that you're not going to be able to do that in 2023 or 2024 because the economy just isn't going to be there for you. So do you spend it all now and make people love you because you're spending it and showing what a great and generous government you are? Or do you pay down the debt and be a little bit more responsible and not get the flashy news conferences? Well, you know, I think people are looking for the government to advance its priorities, uh, to help people that are really struggling with the cost of living, uh, to do something about housing affordability, to improve public safety. I mean, the premier has laid out his priorities, and I think they do match public priorities. Um, there's other problems in spending government money. I mean, it's hard to say it, but for example, you can't just go ahead. People have said to me, well, why don't you get started on replacing that the, the tunnel, right? You could do that, right? Why don't, why don't you get going on that? You got money, right? Well, no, you can't because it's going to take, it hasn't cleared environmental review yet. It's going to take three years. Uh, build housing, yes, well, the government is trying to do that, but you know, Jill, that local councils have to approve the project. You have to call tenders. You have to get a builder uh, who can do it. Uh, one of the problems we have out there in building anything right now is a shortage of workers. You know, we saw that blow up with the Cowichan District Hospital recently, where it's gone oh, 60% over budget because of supply chain issues, inflation, they changed the plan, the tenders came in above uh, target. So anybody out there who's got short-term spending ideas, I think will get a, a really good hearing from Premier Eby if they match his priorities, and that gets started tomorrow when he appoints his new cabinet. But um, it's it, hard to say, but the way the accounting rules, the government can't spend all that money and they're going to have to hold some back. One of the things you might want to do is be aware that um, it's not such a bad idea to take some of the debt pressure off government. Interest rates are going up. And again, the message yesterday was you've had a good year in 2021, a pretty good year in 2022, Brace yourself for a bad year in 2023 and not a great year in 2024. Uh, I think the question that all of us who watch BC politics are asking, Jill, is what does this do to the political agenda? If this is as good as it gets, are we headed for an early election? Hmm. And what does your gut tell you? I think we are headed for an early election. Uh, the, the date that's written into law uh, by the New Democrats themselves is October 2024. But... You know, if you're, if you're headed for one flat year and one mediocre year, uh, I think the government is going to be looking at, does uh, Premier David Eby's 100 days of action move the numbers in the right direction? Does Premier David Eby, who's ruled out an early election, well, John Horgan ruled out an early <laughs> election, too, until he called one. So, you know, I can see the Premier coming around sometime in 2023 and saying, I need a new mandate, uh, we need to get going, I need uh, political backing from the voters. And Joel, you can't be too cynical about this, but the Liberals are in the midst of changing their name. Uh, you know, the government might go, well, we could catch the opposition with their pants down, too, and uh, maybe uh, win ourselves another mandate. 
We shall see. That would be interesting uh, for sure. Uh, Let's quickly talk as well about uh, the vaccination briefing. Uh, We had that yesterday with Dr. Henry, Dr. Ballum and Adrian Dix. Yeah, and look, the message out there is, yes, the hospitals are overcrowded. And one of the reasons they're overcrowded, the ERs, especially the children's hospital, is because you're getting an awful lot of children coming down with flu and or with covid And although COVID wasn't particularly hard on youngsters, mostly, uh, the flu is. This strain of flu is very hard on kids. They're getting really sick. They're getting respiratory illness. Their parents are hauling them off to the hospital, understandably, in a panic. Uh, Some children are getting very, very sick. And we know at least one case where a six-year-old died, which is as disturbing as it gets, of course. Sad story. Uh, what they're saying is uh, we're stepping up vaccination. We're headed into the holiday season. Come and get it. Come and get it. It's a very strong message, a very important one. I hope people listen to it. Um, but, you know, that that review we got on Friday that the government put out late Friday and didn't really give us much chance to read it. When you read it, one of the things that the operations review that came out on Friday said was, you know, the communications faltered over time on COVID and public trust was eroded, partly because the communications were confusing, things weren't explained as well, wasn't clear what the rules were, the rules kept changing. And as a result, the authors of the operations review said, you know what, um, that may cause problems in the future if the public doesn't trust public health advice the way they did early in the pandemic. And I'm wondering yesterday what, we, what we're seeing now if some of that isn't happening, that people just aren't, they're either, they're tired perhaps because COVID's gone on longer than anybody expected, but they may not have as much trust in public health advice uh, as they did early in the pandemic, that first few months. Well, I think on this one, there's no question in my mind, Jill, that uh, Dr. Ballum, Dr. Henry and Dix were right yesterday. Get vaccinated. The big problem in the ERs and in children's hospitals is that this is a bad flu season. It's especially bad for kids and a vaccination will help. But it's disturbing to think that, you know, because of other things that happened during COVID, uh, people aren't listening to public health advice the way they used to. No, that is uh, very true. We will have to see uh, what happens with that. On that note, Vaughn, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye, Jill.